Hey everyone, this is part two of our discussion with Joey. We just had way too much fun talking and didn't want to cut too much of it out. So in part one, we spoke with Joey about audio production and had a band names quiz. Here in part two, we are going to be listing our top five film scores and soundtracks. Hope you enjoy. And in deciding on what this list should be this week, it was, it was a little bit difficult. It was a little bit tricky because with the theme of audio engineering and studio recording, same as the game, trying to figure all this stuff out. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good, man. This is great. <laughs> I love the idea. But the obvious choice for a top five would be musical producers, right? Yeah. Which would only be interesting to Joey <laughs> because I can name probably like four or five producers anyway. And that would be a boring top five. So the next obvious choice is just straight up albums. And that would be fun. But we just recently with Jeff did a top five bands. And this would largely just be repeating that list. Because the albums are what make my favorite bands my favorite bands. And so then Joey actually suggested the top five albums based on recording quality. Okay, weirdo. (laughs) <laughs> hey now uh what so we we needed to narrow it down a little bit and eventually we landed on top five film scores slash soundtracks scores being the through music that is composed usually orchestral not always orchestral but it is the the mood music and the soundtrack being more mainstream pop rock hip hop bands the tracks that they throw down that just accompany the movie and so our buddies over at Popstick Jeff and Josh just recently did a really great episode on film scores so it's still a little bit fresh in my mind which is nice and you should really go and give it a listen and so we're going to do top 5 film scores and soundtracks and one thing that I did not do in in the making of my list was include any musicals which i adore musicals and this it would have just been unfair and also just not in the spirit of this list (laughs) do i thanks for telling me now (laughs) sound of music anyway but that that does include jukebox musicals like Moulin Rouge or Mamma Mia or Rock of Ages and stuff like that. If you have any of those on your list, that's great. That was just kind of a rule that I, I was I was keeping in mind. Number five. So, whenever I was thinking of m- movies and music that I remember from movies, the first one that popped in my head, but it's at number five because there's really only just one song that was like, something super memorable and I remember from my childhood and gets stuck in my head all the time. That movie is Holes. And just nice. the main title track of that movie, the is it always gets stuck in my head and it just always pops in my head whenever I think about music from movies and stuff. So that's my number five. Rock on, there you go. That's respectable. Jonathan? My number five breaks your unwritten rule already yeah (laughs) well i i actually shuffled it so that i would get it out of the way early i shuffled both of these to get them out of the way so that i could just break both of your rules but i'll (laughs) break break this one first guardians of the galaxy volume one was one of the definitely not the first soundtrack i bought but it was one that i started thinking more of how the music was its own character in a movie. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm putting Guardians of the Galaxy the very first so what, one. That's a great pick. What, what rule did that break? That was one of the same. You, you said like a, a jukebox compilation. No, I said like a jukebox musical. So oh, like Mamma okay. Mia is a jukebox gotcha. musical yeah. because it's yeah. it's a bunch of different pop songs that they're singing but they're actually singing and it's progressing the story the same with, gotcha. with is, your, is your number one going to be like across the universe i'm just kidding <laughs> that's actually just a musical i do consider that one musical <laughs> but i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna read you a little bit of my honorable mentions and get this out of the way real quick both guardians movies which deserve 
special recognition for basically making the soundtrack a character. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. That's great. That's awesome. That's hilarious. All right. So my number five in 1995, a movie came out that spoke to me on a level that few movies had at the time. And now older James realizes how silly this is, but alternative loving 13 year old James living in a small hick town that I do have fond memories of, but I'm surrounded by folks that only listen to country and classic rock and everything. I felt like I had more in common with the folks that worked at empire records in the movie of the same name. And I wore that VHS and soundtrack out. And while the movie is subjectively not really all that great, the soundtrack is outstanding and still holds up. Somebody at one point said that Empire Records is a soundtrack in search of a movie. Mm. And, and that's, that, that's exactly what it is. It includes tracks from The Gin Blossoms, Better Than Ezra, The Cranberries, Toe the Wet Sprocket, Cracker, a veritable who's who of 90s alternative. And a few or lesser known artists have some really great tracks as well. I love Free by The Martinis, which features a couple of former members of the Pixies. A Girl Like You by Edwin Collins was a breakout for that soundtrack. And The Ballad of El Gudo by Evan Dando is, is awesome. It's just a great soundtrack period. And I still listen to it at least once a year. Just pop up in Spotify or something. It's, it's great. Nice. <laughs> number four. My number four is the 2018 Star is Born. There like, you go. There's just good songs on there. And... And singable songs that, like, you can, whenever you go play a gig, you can bring this song out and people are going to love it kind of thing. Like, Shallow's great. Oh, man, I'm blanking on all the names right now. <laughs> yeah, that one, whenever Lady Gaga sits at the piano at the concert and sings, that one's great. Mm -hmm. And then the song at the end of the movie, the Rose, tearjerker. No. The end of the movie? No, where she sits at the piano. No, this is, like, whenever she... Whenever the at the concert that she comes to with Bradley Cooper's character, oh, 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 and he's like, okay. "Come play or just yeah. come sing," gotcha. and uh, she sings that one. Like that's just that's just a really good song, and also I will say that movie gave me a new appreciation for Lady Gaga as a singer and as an artist. As well, I think that's like, I think that's a lot of folks' experience. Yeah, because I never really care too much for that style of music but that's just my style choice but then hearing that i was like okay like this is really good i like this side of what she can do and how she can just branch out and whatnot but then yeah like the song at the end of the movie like was the tearjerker moment as well nice i heard good things about that movie mm -hmm. but i never saw it it's pretty good um, I, I went into it not thinking I was going to like it, just going with a date at the time. And I was like, okay, she wants to see this movie, whatever. And I come out of it like, okay, <laughs> this is pretty good. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So my turnaround moment for Lady Gaga, I still don't, I still don't love most of her music, but I appreciate her as a musician and mm -hmm. how good she is. But my turnaround moment was the first album, the duet album she did with Tony Bennett. Mm, I need to find that one. So good. I haven't heard that one. I remember staying on Lady Gaga. I remember watching her. I think it was maybe SNL or something like that. It was one of the late night shows that she was performing on. And she did it. She had a moment where like she stopped a song and then she just went over and sat at the piano and like, started doing it real slow and like really clap. And it was, I was like, Oh my goodness. You're actually like a musical artist. Yeah. She's legit. It's good. not just, it's not just a performer or a pop star right. or anything. Like you are really good. Mm hmm. Definitely. All right. I think it's my number four. Is that right, James? That is correct. Okay. So my number four was a tape that I found 
out of my dad's old collection and it like I was a middle schooler at the time, like doing middle school sports and like trying to get really pumped up about all this stuff. And my dad had a cassette tape of the Rocky motion picture soundtrack. And uh, so that is my number four, not even just the classic ones like Eye of the Tiger or anything like that, but all this stuff that Bill Conti wrote, like all of the you know, music throughout, which he actually did. I started looking at his, like, you know, his discography, I guess you could call it. I don't know what they call it in film score, but he actually has quite a bit. Like he did the karate kid. He did the right stuff for your eyes only. He, his, his, one of his songs on that was going to fly now. Like one of his that he wrote. So mm-hmm. he actually did quite a quite a bit and it was kind of neat just reading about how impressive he was outside of the rocky score Hmm. rock on my my favorite song from rocky from any rocky movie has never been eye of the tiger or even gonna fly now i don't remember the name of it but it's it's the one that plays like at the end of of the the fight you know that i love that yeah what's the name of that one i don't know the name of it let's see nice i don't know either it's not rocky wins rocky's reward is that what it's called i think so okay that's the last i mean that's the last song on that track or on that the track listings okay i assume they put the last song in the movie as the last music what what's the second to last uh, the final bell, but I don't think it's final bell. Future James here. I know that right now some of you are yelling at us uh, on through, through your radios, through your phone, headsets, whatever you are, you're listening to. Uh, so before we go any further, let's set the record straight. It is not Rocky's reward. The name of the song is going the distance, and it appears earlier in the movie as well as right at the end of the fight during the track, the final bell. So my number four, this includes another rule that I made for myself because I have to include something from John Williams. I only wanted to include one and it was a super tough decision. And ultimately I decided on this score because it's, it's the one that I could just sit and listen to anytime. It is certainly not his most important work, but it is so, so, so good. And it's the soundtrack to Catch Me If You Can, which includes both John Williams' original score, which is the first and only time that he has tackled jazz for a film score, which is wild because the dude started out in jazz. And this is his only jazz score. But I I absolutely love the vibraphone, sax, upright bass combo used throughout the score. It It is so tasteful and delicious <laughs> but the soundtrack also includes a few jazz standards in there as well like the girl from Ipanema from Joe Beam who my friend from college turned me on to love Joe Beam it also has Embraceable You it has Come Fly With Me and some other songs so it's, it's it's a hard soundtrack to to not love but again not as most important just one that I can sit and play and listen to anytime yeah that's great and fun fact, the the opening theme is something that Steven Spielberg loved so much that he decided to make an opening credits just to showcase that song. Wow. Number three. Number three. So I, it, it would be breaking the rule of individual movie if I cho- if I wanted to do what I wanted to do so I chose the one that had some of my favorite actual score but that's going to be Captain America the first Avenger so funny story with that too and like I wanted to say the whole MCU just everything's <laughs> great but with first Avenger like I got contracted by a YouTube channel who does like a bunch of like speed pistol shooting and stuff like that. 
and they were doing themed videos for it. And um, he asked, or the guy that was doing the videography asked if I could do like rock covers of like certain songs from like Captain America, Thor, Avengers, and stuff like that. And some others beyond MCU as well, like Jurassic Park, Walking Dead. So I did a few of those. And just whenever I was writing up and working up like a rock cover to like the Captain America stuff, like Project Insight was in there, the Captain America medley. There was one more that I threw in there. Yeah, it's the main, it's the main Captain America one, I think. Uh, yeah, that one. Like throwing in a mashup of like those three into one piece just gave me a whole new appreciation for the uh, score from that movie. And so that's why it's my number three. Nice. Alan Silvestri did that one. He is one of the one of the best film composers out there. Did he do the majority of the MCU or just that one? He did that one. I think he did the Avengers theme as well. And those are the Both only three that I'm familiar with. Yeah, those that, two that, that, I, that I know where similar. it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He definitely didn't do the entire MCU. There are quite a few composers. Gotcha. I'm, I'm torn because I have four left. But there's but only three spaces. I know it. I know it. I'm going to throw one out. I'm going to go ahead and tell you what it is, but I'm going to throw this one out mostly because Joey kind of covered it right now. And that's Avengers Endgame, Alan <laughs> Sil Silvestri. So I'm going to throw that one out just because then I don't have to worry about it anymore. My number three is going to be, well, let me ask you a question. Do you hear the people sing, sing, <laughs> singing the songs okay, of Angry so Men? That was my rule. It doesn't have to be yours. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm breaking it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it because it's, I, it's a musical, and so I'll just have the one musical on there, and it'll be great. But it is Les Mis, and it it is so much fun to to sing along to it. Yeah, not. I mean, James can tell you all about it. I just know it from the movie so I, there you go I, I do love it. it it is my favorite musical yeah that's all i got for it <laughs> there you go Hugh jackman yeah. did an incredible job oh man he was so um, even you know what even russell crowe russell crowe uh, didn't okay. have the I'm gonna voice mute to you now yeah he didn't <laughs> he doesn't have the like the voice to back it up but you know what i was fine with it because he at least was commanding with it like look down was pretty pretty okay. You know what? I've never seen the the Broadway version, so you know what? I can say what I want. He was yeah, better you, at you can, Russell Crowe was better at singing those parts you, than than dang it, who played it? Who played him in uh, the Liam Neeson version? Oh, um, <laughs> Jeffrey Rush. Yeah, he was he sang it better than Jeffrey Rush did. I mean, okay, okay, that's true. <laughs> Jeffrey Rush acted it better than Russell Crowe did. <laughs> you know what? Here's, like here's, here's the thing. Russell Crowe has a decent voice. He can sing. He does not have the voice for Javert. No. And I I will fight you on this one. Like, physically. I will I come to Waco didn't say and punch you. That it was good when you compare it to the whatever else... I just said it's, it's not good it. when you compare it to the rest of the movie. No, it's not good. No, he's definitely the weakest point, but I was okay with it. Mostly because I had never heard it sung before. The only time, the only other time that I heard any Les Mis songs were at our choir concerts. Okay. We were singing it. I'm, I am going to choose to forgive. But we were this close to canceling this whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know who, who they should have given that role to? Jeffrey Rush. Kelsey Grammer. Oh. <laughs> Kelsey Maybe Grammer so. can sing. Maybe so. Kelsey Grammer I, wouldn't have pulled in the... Well, I guess he didn't have to have another big star after Hugh Jackman, but... Kelsey Grammer is just as People big as People aren't showing Crow. up to the theaters to see Kelsey Grammer, okay? People show up to the theaters to see Russell Crowe. That's they debatable. Must, I mean, maybe in the early 2000s. They want to see Maximus. Singing Maximus. I, I got to see Kelsey Grammer <laughs> do the big fish 
musical in London. Uh-huh. And it was in a tiny little theater where we were on the back row and it was still basically like we were on the eighth row, right? Like it was, it was a tiny little thing uh-huh. and it was incredible. Hey, you excited about Frasier 2? Electric Boogaloo? No. I mean, yeah. No. <laughs> no, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, they're, they're bringing back the show. Really? Yeah. Is it is it going to be... It's like him, him and David Hyde later. Pierce? No, he is not coming back. Then I don't, I don't want to mess with it. Okay. Yeah, it's just Kelsey Grammer. And he's like in a different space. Oh, it's place. just Kelsey Grammer. But it's Frasier, like the it's like a, a follow up s- sequel series where he is like displaced and out of touch with those around him, and something happens, and he's I don't know if he still has a radio show or not. I don't know. Okay, okay. but it, but that is Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, I thought you said he was not coming back. You were saying no, he David is, Pierce is not coming back. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah, I, I might give it a shot. Frasier is one of my favorite TV shows. Of all time, it is it is one of my comfort shows. I, I love Frasier. Sorry, we got so off track, like dude. That was, a, no, that was that, big, fine. Got <laughs> a lot, was like three. Got turns. a lot to edit out. All right, so where were we? My number three. Your number three. So as I said in our top five bands episode with Jeff, I was a grunge kid, and Seattle garage bands were my jam. <laughs> See what I did there? Uh, so a movie about an aspiring grunge musician living in Seattle, who though his band is fictional, it's made up of the members of Pearl Jam, has to have a killer soundtrack, right? Right. Alice in Chains and Soundgarden also make appearances in both the movie and the soundtrack. Smashing Pumpkins, Jimi Hendrix, Paul Westerberg of The Replacements also have, have tracks. And a very special track is... Chloe Dancer, Crown of Thorns by Mother Love Bone. The movie's name is Singles, by the way. I realize I failed to get there, but I'm going to go on a side. <laughs> I know, I was right waiting here. for it because I've never, <laughs> never heard yeah. of it. I'm like, I want to see this. <laughs> I know it. So, going to go on a little side tangent here because Mother Love Bone was an up and coming band in the, in the late 80s Seattle scene. And in March of 1990, frontman Andrew Wood died from a heroin overdose and he had been a close friend of Soundgarden frontman Chris Cornell who approached a couple of the surviving members of Mother Love Bone Stone Gossard and Jeff Ament to see if they would be interested in recording a tribute single and that turned into a full album and they adopted the name Temple of the Dog and I have the Temple of the Dog album love it Cornell recruited Eddie Vedder for some vocals on that album and then when they were done, Vetter, Gossard, Ament, and Mike McCready, who also played on the album, formed Pearl Jam. So anyway, the single soundtrack is phenomenal if you're into early 90s grunge. I love it. I can check it out. Yeah, I'll have to find that. Number two. So my number two, my number two and my number one, I went back and forth of who deserved the top spot in this category or for my five. So, but my number two is a blues movie from 1986, I believe. And it features Ralph Macchio as like the kid in the movie who gets taken under the wing from the other guy. And he's basically teaching blues music. At the end of the movie, he battles Steve Vai on a guitar to basically win over or basically he's battling the devil at the end of the movie and steve Vai is like the devil i'm gonna interrupt you here it was not blues it was karate hey william zapka is not the devil (laughs) (laughs) have you seen cobra kai um but anyways no this movie is called crossroads have you ever heard of it no I thought you. I really thought you were making a joke for a little bit. No, no. Like Ralph Macchio is this in this movie. Also, I will add, this is this movie is like as a young kid, it convinced me that Ralph Macchio was a beast at the guitar, because like the way that he was like mimicking, like playing, acting, playing to follow what was being played, 
was very good. Like this is the best guitar acting I've seen in about anything. But yeah, no, Crossroads. So is it about Robert Johnson? Robert Johnson. Robert Johnson was he was he was a blues musician from 30s, 40s, a while back and the the myth is that he met the devil at the crossroads and made a deal very with him well, to get the the skills that he has. It very well could have been. Like it could have been based on his lore or whatever. Because um, I, I looked him up. I'm looking him up right now, and like a lot of that seems like it would tie into the movie pretty well. It's been forever since I've seen the movie, but just I just remember the music from that movie just gave me a whole like as a young guitar player too. I was just blown away like with the blues playing and guitar work, and also that's where I was introduced to Steve Vai, and nice. he's just a he's a legend as far as guitar players go. Is Scratch the Devil? Is it? Oh, okay, okay. No, no, no. The, there is a, an actor who is Robert Johnson in this. So yeah, so it does have something to do with that. Mm-hmm. Awesome, cool. I'll, I'll check this one out. It looks interesting. It's it's a little bit on the raunchy side, as far as I remember. So just my guy. What? <laughs> Ralph Macchio doesn't make raunchy Come on. movies. He is an innocent young man. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm honestly really surprised that my mom let me watch this movie as a kid. Let's just <laughs> All right. John, you're number two. All right. My number two is an original score. It is, I was trying to think of some clever way to do it, but Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Well, really any, I guess really any of them, the, the entire first trilogy, it, it could be any of them because I think it was Howard Shore that did all did all of them but that one was i guess i was 11 and i remember like looking those or like maybe maybe illegally downloading those uh songs <laughs> like yeah just like the shire and you know all those different ones and was it um regarding hobbits or something like that i don't know i think it's just the shire isn't it or about hobbits now there's there's something that's about hobbits or I, I don't remember that that's kind of one of the main themes that you always hear. Oh, maybe so. Anyway, yeah. So that's my my number two. Concerning don't have much hobbits. to say about it other than other than it was just a a real neat music accompaniment. It really is. That's a that's a solid pick. It's a it's a it, wonderful super. Epic. It's a wonderful score going on another tangent that's not going to make it into the recording (laughs) so back in college in the area at this time plainview high school their marching band is it's known as the powerhouse of the plains and they really were the powerhouse of the plains it was it was a band that you really wanted to go and see it was a spectacle they did choreography they did a bunch of special effects sorry i just things. i just watched white christmas and i'm just thinking the choreography song <laughs> choreography <laughs> they dancing they're um, not dancing sorry but while i was in college it, it was when the lord of the rings movie started to come out and for 4 years they did tolkien stuff the first year it was the fall that Lord of the Rings was coming out in December, they did The Hobbit. And they took some music from the, the old cartoon and and some other things and, and made that show. Frodo, but then the next the three years, fingers. they did each movie in the trilogy and did Howard Shore's music. And during Two Towers, I learned, and, and they always sound so awesome. But it they was do during where the there's two, a whip, there's a way. Nice. But during the Two Towers year, my my mentor and band director at, at, at Wayland would always do their uh, their marching show, would write the drill. And Barry Hurt, he 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 made the the music, and then then he would put it all into finale and, and send it out. But he didn't have time that year to do that, and so they hired me to put it into finale to give to them. And so I got Barry's transcript of of his arrangement of the Two Towers show. And that is when I realized how easy the music is that they play. 
and he is just brilliant at making it sound amazing and difficult. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. I'll, <laughs> I'll move on to, to my, my number two. You were done, right? Yeah. So for my number two, <laughs> I was never huge into electronic dance music. Now there, there, there is some that I liked. I like chemical brothers and crystal method had a few tracks that I enjoyed, but on the whole wasn't really my thing. But for some reason, I've always really liked Daft Punk ever since I saw their video, uh, their videos for defunk and for around the world about like 25 years ago, I, I was hooked on, on their music and, and what they did. They're, they're so, so, so good. So when I heard that they composed the score for Tron legacy, I was Ooh. there for it. However, it ended up not being exactly what I expected from them. It was so much better. And the integration of the electronic music with orchestral music is just stunning. It's rich, it's majestic, it's stirring. It is one of my favorite albums to put on while I'm playing games or reading. It is throughout just a fantastic score. And while Discovery and Random Access Memories compete for what most fans consider to be their magnum opus, for me, it's definitely the score to Tron Legacy. That is Daft Punk's best work. I forgot about that movie, but you're definitely right. It is that's a great, great soundtrack. We've talked about Tron Legacy more than I feel like we sh should have. I think it's come up in two other episodes. I, I only <laughs> remember it coming up in one other episode. Maybe so. Maybe the, I'm just thinking about it. The, that was the, one of the, the first box. lists that we did. That may have, no, it wasn't the first, but it was one of the first, and that one was. A real tough one. That was the first tough list that we did. That was the top five fictional vehicles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with Josh. Yeah. Yep. But this isn't that list. This is scores and their scores. I know it. I know it. Flipping amazing. But it must be a great movie if it came up in two of our podcasts. <laughs> I, mean, I really is that the right? Movie too. The movie itself is fine. It's a good mm -hmm. movie, but it, it that's all it is. It's just a fine movie. The, yeah. the soundtrack is is outstanding and the the <laughs> the props the motorcycles in that movie are fantastic yeah the light cycles the light cycle i wasn't even talking about the light cycle i was talking about his oh, the uh, actual motorcycle <laughs> his actual motorcycle number one kind of sticking it's still i don't know it's an older era of music but I love it. It's not something that like I'll just find myself like, oh, I really just want to listen to this today, like this kind of music. But if it ever comes on, I'm just like blown away by this kind of music. It's bluegrass music. But there's also blues in this movie. There's like borderline country, but it's more bluegrass country. But um, my number one is Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? fantastic pick. and that is a fantastic movie mm -hmm. fantastic soundtrack every song and like on that soundtrack you listen to it and you remember the scene from the movie that it's in yeah just yeah. wonderful talking about audio production there's a whole audio production scene in there yeah <laughs> yeah singing to the cans there it is yep <laughs> and thinking about it too i went back and just like was listening to it while i was making this list and I was watching the scene where they sing Constant Sorrow at the concert hall. And just the nerd in me was laughing because in my room, I have a left and right left and right speaker. And I could hear instruments on the left and hear instruments on the right. But in traditional bluegrass music, you huddle around one microphone. And whether or not you're playing lead or singing, you, you put closer to the microphone or you back away from the microphone to basically mix while you're playing and hearing instruments on the left and hearing instruments on the right and all the like the rich bass and the audio recording is like that's not real that's 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 pre-recorded <laughs> <laughs> even though like in the movie like you could see all the people getting closer to the mic and like the guys rush up to the mic whenever they sing their harmony and whatnot <laughs> but yeah like that's one thing I really love about like traditional bluegrass movie too is just how they can 
huddle around a condenser and just make it sound amazing. Like what uh, the, 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 the Nickel Creek at their Tiny Desk concert? Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's essentially that style. Like there's just one mic in between all of them and they get close to do their solo and whatnot. But yeah, no, Oh Brother Where Art Thou is definitely is my number one. And I think that is pretty confident to stay at number one for me. Good. That is a fantastic pick. And that was a really difficult one for me to not have on my list because mm-hmm. I, I adore that soundtrack too. And it's crazy how long that stayed like the number one album. I think right. it was like four years. It was the number one purchased album or something like that. Oh my gosh. And oh, oh, what's his name? We thought he was a toad. Oh crud. I can't remember his name. Anyway, I think he ended up being of the three actors, the highest paid. Really? Because he is the only one of the three that sang on that soundtrack. Oh, and it went oh so well. Gosh. Cause he said he actually legit sang in the jailhouse. Now that was him. And so that's incredible. That's incredible. Also, man, uh, again, a side tangent. I am so sorry. I am hijacking everything. <laughs> I saw a thing with George Clooney the other day where he was talking about that movie and how the Coens, whenever they, they write the script, they write it deliberately. All of the words that they use, it is, it is their voice. And they are one of those directors or like a set of directors that there really isn't much room for improv. You, you read and act what they write. And George Clooney has an uncle who lives in like Southeastern Kentucky. And so he sent him the script and asked him to read it and record it for him. And so he could listen to him, get his mannerisms, accent and everything. And he was using that. And so he he got that back and uh, was was just listening to that, threw away the script and started doing the scenes and everything. And there was just like, heck this, heck that, darn, darn, heck, heck, darn, darn. And one of the Coens came up to him a little bit later. It's like, why, why do you keep changing our words? Why, why are you changing? Not, not saying the hells and the dams. And, he was, and that's when he realized that his <laughs> Baptist uncle in Kentucky when he recorded it was changing the script to, to say heck and burn and all that. And so George Clooney's uncle is one of the few people to change a Coen brother script. And they, I mean, they kept it. And so it's, it's hilarious. That's funny. Oh, That's wow. Cool. I always thought it was interesting that George Clooney did. I always assumed that he sang it, even though he really didn't because his aunt is like a pretty famous movie singer. Rosemary Clooney. Rosemary, yeah. Yeah. Who was in White Christmas, which is mm-hmm. we've been wa- that's one of my family's favorites. We watched that one a couple times, but yeah. You just you you think one thing. I get it. I don't know what you think, but it's just <laughs> one thing is all you think. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's see if you cut that out or not. Anyway, my number one pick of the 2023 2020 it's not 2023 yet 2022 film score (laughs) top five is oh man oh uh harry potter and the philosopher's stone i couldn't think of philosopher i kept thinking like why why are you saying what is harry potter harry potter and the sorcerer's stone see i couldn't (laughs) think of it and i knew it was i knew it was right Really, any of the first three, because those were solely helmed by John Williams. After that, other uh, composers took over, although they all still used Hedwig's theme in some form or fashion. But that one, I tried not to pigeonhole myself into a Harry Potter thing and think outside the box, but I just kept coming back to it. And on top of that, it's John Williams. And can you really, like if you're talking film scores, can you beat John Williams? Can it be done? Dude, it's Not it's easily, hard. at least. Not easily. It's hard. I know it. I think he is the most important film composer ever. I, I would say so. Um, I like that word, most important. Not, not necessarily best. Yeah. 
influential. Yeah, yeah culturally, he's, he's, he's not my favorite, but he's up there, and I love him. I know it. Well, he's. I won't say that he's my favorite, but he's done like most of my favorite movies. So, <laughs> so actually, my favorite composer did not make my list. Oh no! I know, I know. That was that was a tough pill, but he he, he Danny Elfman is is not on my list because my number one is a score by James Horner. If you listened to our episode zero where we listed our favorite movies, you would know that my favorite movie is Braveheart. And a not insignificant part of my reasoning is James Horner's score. It is majestic. It is haunting. It is exciting. It is heartbreakingly melancholic and painful. The the, the theme that you first hear during a gift of a thistle that that's really beautiful melody on on the pipe that da, 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 da. I don't mm-hmm. want to get copyright <laughs> anyway it is one of the most beautiful melodies ever written it, it is it's it's sweet and mournful when played on the pipes which for the recording were not actually highland bagpipes but were illin pipes which are the national pipes of Ireland, but it's it was the right choice for the music. It, it, it is gorgeous. The most impactful moments of the movie would be much less so without the score, and and that goes for most movies. Period. The score is always so important, but like the attack on Murin, uh, her burial, Wallace's own execution wouldn't have as much depth and gravity and and, and just heart. I mean, they're, they're, they'd still be awful and sad and everything, but the way music plays with it, and the, the orchestral swell as he yells freedom, this is huge. And the moment after he yells freedom and he looks out into the crowd and he sees Murin while a boys choir sings with the London Symphony Orchestra is everything. It, it is hands down my favorite film score ever. I, I listen to it all the time. I listen to it while I read. I listen to it while I, I do things. Um, it's do things. That's anyway, I can't say enough good things about, about this score. I love it so much. Great. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good one. That is, that's very solid. I think I need to go back and watch Braveheart some more. I don't think that I've seen the not TV version since I watched <laughs> it on VHS. Well, neat guys. Yeah, we did it. Honorable mentions. This, the, yeah, we do have to do honorable mentions. James, you already said a couple of yours, but what are what are some others? So, like I said, my favorite composer is Danny Elfman. And so Beetlejuice, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, the Tim Burton Batman stuff. Oh, I love it. Love it. Big Fish was, was so good. The Incredibles, Michael Giacchino was so good. Dragonheart. You used to hear like the main theme from Dragonheart on trailers all the time. And it's just beautiful and, and soaring. Of course, Inception is, is huge. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. I love. Last of the Mohicans. Paddington 2. And of course, Oh Brother is on there because it was almost on my list. How about you? Who? You? Either you. Joey. I don't have as many as James. In fact, some of them just kind of came to mind. But I I considered putting Into the Spider-Verse on my list just because I typically don't like that style of music. But... There's just something about cinematic, like hip hop and rap that mm-hmm. is a kind of appealing to me. So that was almost on there. Shrek has a fun soundtrack. It's this is a musical, but La La Land. He, yeah, you're right. It is La La Land is awesome. I love it. John hates it. Yeah, I, I love the like the I like ninety five percent of it. <laughs> Maybe even 97 to 98% of it. Just the last 30 seconds <laughs> of the movie. Yeah, that one. Oh, just thinking. 
I was just thinking about it. Baby Driver. Yeah. Yes. That's a great one. That was a good one. That was what I just thought of. I'm like, that, that was a good soundtrack. But yeah, I, I thought there was one more. That I was thinking of that would be a good Jurassic Park was another mm-hmm. one as far as scores go. Um, I mean, you, you could list almost any John Williams movie and it deserves mm-hmm. to be on the honorable mention if it wasn't in the top five. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think those are some good ones that would be edged out. Nice. You you reminded me of one that <clears throat> I wouldn't put it on my list, but I know how important it is. Whenever you were saying cinematic hip hop and, and 8 Mile would probably deserve a mention. I made a I joke about 8 Mile. I made a joke about email earlier in the show and no one acknowledged it. So I, I, I heard you say it. I just, I don't know that movie. <laughs> what did you say? You were talking about your grunge, the, what, not singles. What was it? Yeah, Sing, it was. Uh, singles was the name of the movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're talking about, you started off with singles and talking about like a grunge and I just made a joke. I was like, Oh, eight mile. But oh, yeah, yeah. no, I didn't catch it. I probably <clears> would have. <throat> I mean, I, I'll, I'll hear it whenever i do the edit there's a documentary but i don't think it really counts because it's a documentary about music and like the recording studio but it might get loud have you seen that one Mm -mm. oh man it's 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 been a while since i've seen it but i just remember it's like it just it was like about a studio and i think dave Grohl one of the main guys in it or something like that but they're just going about like who recorded and how they recorded and stuff like that. Some of my honorable mentions, I already said Alan Silvestri, most of his MCU stuff, Avengers Endgame specifically, like Mm -hmm. chills, but a lot of Edgar Wright stuff, like a lot of his movies, Mm -hmm. I feel like his movies make a good use of music and Mel Brooks. I'm going to throw him in there too. Specifically, nice. Robin Hood, Men in Tights. That that was that one was on my honorable mentions as well. He did all the the music and words for most of it. I don't know if he did the rap or not. I don't remember. I said, "Hey, <laughs> hey, nani, nani, nani. Yeah, that's it. That's that's my honorable mentions. <laughs> I didn't go. dig I too deep it. past <clears throat> my initial thoughts. This was a fun one. It's it's one way that you don't always think about movies, but it always makes a movie better. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't necessarily agree with the opinion that you shouldn't really notice the music. Because I remember hearing that one time where it was like, a good music is the ones that like make somebody feel something without realizing that the music's like doing that to them. But I don't think that's necessarily true. I think it's it can be helpful yeah i think i'm with you all right joey thanks for (laughs) joining us today this was this was a a fun and tough list where can people find you where else can people find you other than this podcast right here right now i'm working on that actually like i plan starting in 2023 I've been working on, as you can see, my, my setup and everything. I've been working on trying to get a good live stream setup going. Gaming will probably be a part of it still, but I'm thinking that I want to lean more towards my music, like music side of it. So like, I haven't come up with a name yet. It'll probably just be my name, Joey Cephalou Music or something like that. But it'll be a YouTube channel. I'm gonna like try to live stream recording sessions of my own with my own music i I, i've been thinking about like trying to bring another artist on the recording session like whenever other artists can record doing that and like live streaming their session as well but there's copyrights things that could become an issue at some point where somebody Mm -hmm. steals a song so working through that but anyways eventually like i want to have like co-writing sessions with people who tune in and stuff like that with live streaming so that's my eventual hope so it'll more than likely be joey cephalo music on youtube or facebook maybe twitch wherever i decide to stream but as far as where you can find me now 
I don't have anything. Well, you're Majojo. Yeah. But I haven't streamed in a while. We hear you but that'll, talking. That'll probably happen too. But anyways, we hear you talking every once in a while on Thursday nights. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll jump in here and there. I say a few things. Well, awesome, Joey. Thank you for joining us. That this was this was a blast. And you, dear listener, thank you for joining us as well. Let us know what your favorite film scores or soundtracks are, and. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at fwlspod at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitch whenever we stream on Thursday nights. Hit us up on Instagram. Wherever we are, we're there, apparently. (laughs) I don't know how much longer we'll be on Twitter. Wherever we are, we are. Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) We we don't have the blue mark anymore. Blue check. We're not Twitter blue. I haven't paid that eight bucks yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, guys, this was fun. Yeah, it was. Tell Thanks you for letting and... me be a nerd and talk about my nerd music things. No, that's great. That's exactly what we want. <laughs> awesome. It was good. I feel like I learned a little bit, at least with the, like, lingo. Good. Nice. All right. Bye. I really need to be. I always... My least favorite thing is ending like a little like blurb or, or a story that I have because I'm so bad at it. I I cannot like spiral out of it. I just continue to fall into whatever it is and I can't get out. And then I is just have you're to doing stop. Right now? Yeah. <laughs> you just eventually I just give up and just and then we just move on and it's a cold, cold stop. All right.